Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is April 13th. Andy, I mean, Kyle, how we doing? Brendan! Oh, gosh. Trying. <laughs> They're trying. Appreciate the effort. It's better than last time. All right. Last time, I just I got out over my skis. I got to, It was like my first master's appearance. I got way too excited. It was out of control. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing with audio. It's like if you scream it, like, like I can't turn, I can't edit that down. You know, we're <laughs> up a creek. Um. First off, some show notes here. We are late recording on Wednesday, just, you know, uh, picking up the pieces. Kyle, as you know, like that Monday is a travel day. Tuesday, we just didn't have it in us to recording uh, to record on Tuesday. So a little bit mid-morning release. Andy is, you know, dealing with family stuff on, on this Wednesday, just getting back uh, to Chicago. So Kyle was gracious enough to jump in here on a whim and help us. I'm a little, I don't know, the pollen got the best of me. I'm a little under the weather, but I don't think the cough is fully back. Uh, Kyle... How was your, uh, thank you. First of all, thank you for jumping in. Appreciate it. For sure. I, I heard, I was Andy like doing catch basin research on the way back to. He might've been, he might, he was going to go shoot some courses and stuff. And <laughs> I, he might've gotten lost in the woods out there. just trying to figure out drainage, you know, slopes and contouring somewhere. Um, but yeah, Wednesday wasn't going to work for him. So <clears throat> let the me get your. Go ahead. I was going to say the week after the master, after any major is so disorienting. You're just like, I don't, what, where am I? What am I doing? Right. What, what is happening this week? It's just a weird, nobody, I, no, listen, like nobody feels sorry for us. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, Tiny it's just, violin here. It's very, very strange. So I'm trying to like get my bearings, figure out who's playing this week and, and trying to like, just even uh, process like what happened at Augusta still. Sure. Well, let's talk about that. You were there. You wrote an excellent story for CBSSports.com. What, what's your title there? Senior editor, super columnist, uh, hot take machine. I actually don't. I don't. Uh, I think you call me the CTO, the chief <laughs> chief takes officer. Yeah, right. that's right. <laughs> I forgot. Not technology. Uh, I don't think yeah. I have a title, honestly. Every time I'm on our okay. our, our CBS Sports HQ, they call me something different. So I yeah. just go with whatever they, they say. I've since joined the Friday, and he's not into titles, and I'm not into titles. And I think, you know, for the next five years, I'm just like, eh, I don't know. Just help her out, you know, help, help run the shop. Um, so you were just there. You wrote a great story for CBSSports.com, among other things. Uh, the primary what? The primary post master's piece was on scotty scheffler correct yeah yeah it was on scheffler and just his gotta be honest i was expecting fifteen thousand words on rory and i was you know (laughs) i I understand like kind of circumstances might have dictated it though i bet you tried your best to 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 avoid you know yeah i told i told my editor we'll take care of scheffler on monday or tuesday is you rory No, right, just so the, the, the juxtaposition, and I'm sure you guys, I, I, I listened to part of it on Sunday or Monday or whatever, but I, I can't remember if you guys, I think you touched on this, but the juxtaposition from him, like w- basically waking up crying because he was so scared of uh, kind of the moment on yeah. Sunday morning to this guy that, that we see on Sunday afternoon that looks like he's been there a million times and it was just I, I, you did mention it because you brought up Shane Lowry from the yeah. 2019 Port Rush, yeah. and that's are there I, other ones that jumped to mind for you? There, no one jumped to mind for me. Like Lowry was a very obvious one of where a guy. I'm, I'm sure a lot of guys feel that way. They just don't say it afterwards, and it's yes. easier to say it once you have the trophy on the table next to you. But did anyone no, that, else jump to mind? No, that was the only one because yeah. I don't know that anybody else has like been. Either they've already done it like with Tiger so many times, or, um. You know, I think I think Shuffler is unique because Lowry was what thirty three at the time that he won the Open, thirty two. So you kind of have that 
perspective. Uh, Not number back. one in the world. Only a handful yeah. wins too. A couple. And Scheffler, Scheffler, it's weird that he has that perspective because he's he's he is number one in the world, and he's only twenty five. Like he he really like the the phrase gets tossed bandied about, but like he really is kind of an old soul, and it was cool to hear that from somebody who just seems to have a pretty mature outlook on life at the age, at an age where I did not, you probably did not either at 25. So right. it was, I, I, I loved that from him. I thought that was super compelling. He did seem genuine in his um, expression that he was just really like su- a fulfilled, surprised, grateful to be in the field. Yeah. Like that was like a fulfillment of his and like the winning it was never really a thing. Like that really seemed genuine and not just for the, quotes or the camera like that that was that that's really uh, from what i understood how he felt like he was just kind of very grateful to be in the field that 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 was a career fulfillment and everything else was sort of gravy isn't that strange like to be to be number one in the world you have to have a certain air about you that's kind of like i'm the best dude out here right and he maybe he has that in in like on the course Kind of. I, I don't I don't know how you go from genuinely thinking the way that he, he seems to think and, and talked about to to going out there and, and and playing like, yo, nobody's better than me. And there right. was I was actually reading Shane Ryan sent me a copy of his Ryder Cup book. I don't know if you've gotten to, yeah, to read it yet. It. Yeah, he wants to come but, on uh, and talk about it. So we'll have him on. He'll be how he talks. A, <laughs> he talks a lot about Steve Stricker in there. And it was a lot of the same stuff of of. I don't really know if I'm good enough to be out here, but I'm going to keep working hard and keep trying. And Stricker got to number two in the world. So that's a pretty rare thing in sports, but specifically in golf to kind of have this attitude of, I don't know, man, like I'm just doing my best. And then all of a sudden you're number one or number two in the world and winning all the time at that. I I don't know. That's an interesting thing to cover because it doesn't usually go that way. Right. Right. So it was, it was, did you walk with him? for much of Sunday? What was your approach? Honestly, like the nerves were apparent. I was there first half of, of his round and then went to watch yeah. it on TV. Like the way that 18 finished, like the night before <laughs> the dead to drive. Then like the drive oh, at yeah. three was like miles left. Same thing. He bat, like not a, not a bad part, but a disappointing part too. Like the nerves were pretty apparent. Like this is somebody that's it's sort of lost it. And, and then like the chip in at three changes everything. Were you following what, 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 what was your method for Sunday? Well, I was, I, uh, walked with Rory from the, from the clubhouse to the first, no, I, I didn't, um, <laughs> which by the way, speaking of 18 on Saturday night, think about how many guys have try to kick it away there that it that went on to win spieth and in, in uh 15 yeah where he had that crazy chip hideki did it last year i was he gonna say e- last year right he had an equally crazy i think i think he got yeah. up and down on 18 and in, in the third round but no i as soon as rory birdied i watched some i watched the front nine from uh the media from the press center and then as soon as rory birdied 13 i power walked my mm-hmm. way to 14 it felt like you guys mentioned this. It felt like Spieth in eighteen. Yeah, right? worthy of breaking off for. I think at the time. I think. yeah, because it it felt like listen, even if he doesn't win, like sixty two might be in play. Like you you don't you don't really know how the last couple holes are going to go. So I watch Rory on uh, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, and he made three straight pars. Fifteen was disappointing. Because yeah. you 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 want him to have a ch- at least the opportunity to go for it, even though that hole is way different now. Right. And then I went back with Scheffler and picked up Scheffler on thirteen. He birdies thirteen fourteen. You're like, oh, well, this is this is. But at the time, so, you you could hear. Were you were you a Scheffler at that point? No, I left and watched on TV by like the time he made the turn. Shut left. Okay. Make the turn. So honestly, you, I saw I saw Rory make the eagle on thirteen. I was like, no. I don't want to even be a part of this. It's not happening. (laughs) I'm going home to watch on TV. Maybe I'm a doubting Thomas in that regard, but I didn't want to be, I just didn't want the disappointment of like getting sucked into that. I was like, I'm going to, I made Eagle and I left the property and went home and watched on TV. Yeah. I, uh, the crazy part was as soon as I left Rory, I'm watching Scheffler and you could hear, I thought it was the loudest roar of the week because 13 green is not close to 18 green. I mean, it's about as far away as you can get. Sure. 
and you could hear it very clearly. And well, it was chip very cl- the hole out from the bunker. You're yeah, on eighteen, okay. you could yeah. very clearly hear your because you can you know you being out there you can tell what different noises and stuff are. And yeah. as soon as you heard it, you're like Rory Birdie at eighteen. You maybe even like hold out because it was right. that loud. Right. And uh, but still, it was just Scheffler's in good shape. Totally. And I think Shane Bacon said this. Once you get past 12, 13, you can't – I mean, 16, you can kind of get into trouble, but you can't screw it up that badly. And so it just – it never really felt like Rory was really, really in it uh, as much as I was emotionally invested in him being so. Interesting. All right. What did you uh, – I, I, I'm surprised you – so you did 13, 14, 13 through 17 with, with Rory? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, f- uh, fourteen through seventeen. All right. Was there like the, were you like deflated? Not you, but was the ground sort of deflated? What was the, the atmosphere like for that? Because I was not out there for that. Did it feel like they were trying to will every shot in the hole? Uh, not as not much enough. as I thought. Yeah. I did see. Uh, I did see Jerry glide handing with, uh, with Big J. Oh really? Yeah. It's the opposite of what Andy did. I don't know if you listened to that part. Andy I nodded heard, and I, ran the other way. <laughs> I heard or that. They, Which, by the way, Andy said that Jay Monahan's sixty or sixty. Apparently, he's fifty-one. He's we had a like lot of 50, corrections about that. Yeah. <laughs> Not fair. Not fair to Jay. I mean, I, I when he said it, I was like, ah, uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's not not accurate. Uh, no, I think people. Um, <laughs> It wasn't – this Masters was weird. I, I don't know if you guys talked about this, but it was kind of an upside-down week in that Monday was louder than Saturday, Tiger. right? Because you got you got yeah. Tiger practice round. Saturday was just nothing. I mean, you didn't hear anything. And Sunday was better, but it still seemed to lack, like, the, the kind of Masters juice that we're used to. Yeah. And so I was kind of surprised at how – and I wasn't out there for the Eagle at 13. Maybe it got crazy then. Obviously, 18 was crazy. Yeah. But I was surprised at how little, and maybe people just saw the foregone conclusion of Sheffer winning, but I was surprised at how little kind of urging on there was of, of Rory toward, you know, shooting that 63 or 62 that he would have needed to kind of make it interesting. Um, it wasn't the it best w- Masters. It was a great champion, right? You know, yeah. the Tiger aspect was a really kind of powerful story that I think I'll probably won't forget. For as long as I'm, I'm doing this and covering the yeah. game, uh, that yeah. was the cool thing about. But I, I, it wasn't like the best Masters, and that's not to say it was a bad one. Uh, but there were there were flat parts at times. Saturday was sort of a slog, and a lot of that had to do with the weather. But I mean, Sunday worked out well in terms of phases. Like I picked up yeah. Tiger and walked in with him, and then like as he's putting out, and Andy sort of called this out. Like Scheffler and Cam Smith are gonna have to deal with like everyone just flooding back down the property to them and it kind of worked out like two green like right as as tiger which is right there yeah as tiger wrapped up so there were good like stages right if you know you could mix in a little rory in the middle of the day so the tiger thing i assume you followed him first stretch quite a bit i did and that uh i heard y'all talk about this that was fred ridley that was out there in his chair so yeah across uh, right of the green front row Yeah. yeah which i thought was because not like so everybody sets up their chairs on 18 and I was actually surprised that there weren't more people uh, sitting in their chairs for Tiger yeah. to finish. They obviously want to be there for the end and maybe for Rory or whatever. But it was kind of cool because Ridley is not – I don't – I mean, he's he's not watching J.J. Spawn finish up, right? Yeah, <laughs> and Andy doesn't go out like – I mean, I'm not sure he is supposed – I don't think it matters, but you don't – you see members out there. You don't see Fred Ridley like out in the crowd. Yeah, no. He's got a lot of Although stuff going I, on. I will say, when I went in 2020, when there was nobody there, he was following, he was like walking with Rory's group on Sunday. Interesting. With his family. And okay. it was, it was jar, it was almost jarring to see him out there because you never see him out there. Yeah. Uh, but you did see him for Tiger this year, which I thought was, uh, was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Was, was kind of a indication of just respect and, you know, honoring a, a somebody who's one of their greatest champions. That was uh, uh, uncomfortable at times, though, right? I mean, powerful, but also, like, uncomfortable a little bit. I know you've written the tiger? about Tiger. Yeah. The Tiger thing? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, he he looks horrible. Right. Like, his body right. is, is, is like, and, and that was the thing that kind of bugged me about the week is 
these tiger fanboys are like, oh, he's tiger. He'll figure it out. It's like, <laughs> he can't even walk. Like what? That's 71, right? First round. Kyle. Yeah. And that was not, I actually thought he hit the ball better than <clears throat> I expected, I guess. Got up and down a ton. But the thing that, I think the thing that just gets completely erased is the leg is one thing. How, how long does the back have? Like how many swings right. are in the back? Right. right? And so you got somebody who can't even bend over to read his putt, and it was uh, it was inspirational f- for the week, but it was also instructive for the rest of whatever his career is going to look like, that he's not going to – like how much better is his leg going to get? That was kind of my question at the end of the week. Right. There may, be, there may be venues that are less taxing, clearly, but I don't know that it'll get better. I, yeah. I, maybe it will. Maybe it will. But it, it – it, it illuminated, and I'll, I'll say this last thing on Tiger. It illuminated for me, and I, and I thought it was cool that Scheffler won because I think Scheffler exudes this quite a bit. It illuminated his immense desire just to compete, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that when you say that, you're like, oh, well, everybody's out there competing. But, like, his desire just to, like, be in the arena, I think is – like, we hear about these guys that you're like, oh, you kind of – these, like there's a certain subset of guys that they're kind of just out there playing for money and they don't really care about like compete. Like they're not like competitors. Like they don't we'll want to talk like, about tr- the Saudi news later here in a minute. Yeah, yeah exactly. But they don't want to like truly compete and tiger. That's always been part of like who he is. It was just, it was harder to see when he was 24 because we're seeing primarily the shots that he hits and the putts that he makes and all these different things. But his desire to compete especially gets gets uh, exacerbated, gets heightened, gets illuminated in this TrackMan era where everybody wants their swings to be beautiful for YouTube. It's like that dude just is trying to get the ball in the hole. And that, to me, that desire to compete really, I thought was clearer this week than maybe ever, which sounds weird because yeah. he goes 78-78. Sure. But that, that stood out to me about his week. There was I mentioned this on like one of the Saturday or Friday night podcasts. We did too many. Did a lot of them. But it was a good week. He was doing an interview at the Quick Quotes thing. And at one point, he said like to be here and then to be in the Masters. And he like smiled and lit up. His face lit up in a way that like you could tell yeah. it meant a lot just to play golf at the Masters again. Regardless of 78, 71, whatever. In a way that you'd never see Tiger's face change like he goes through those press conferences pretty you know just kind of batting you away one after another and and getting off the talking points and the hardware in my leg and you know he has his words (laughs) his buzzwords and things like that but that was an emotional change over his face a sort of grat i don't know if it's gratitude it it seemed like it i don't want to you know impose feelings on him uh but there was a a distinct change in in him just the way he said the masters not play golf but to be here playing the master, it's it just it resonated with me. Like this guy just, I mean, just wants to compete, like you said. Well, and I th- I think when you hear him say on Tuesday, you know, this, can you win the tournament, or do you think you can win the tournament? I do. Like whatever. What yeah. he, what he what he really means is, I th- I think I can like compete. I think I, I yeah. I'm able to get back in the arena. And for him, that's always been synonymous with winning. And so like. I don't know that he differentiates the two, but uh, to me, it it simply meant like, I just want to get, I just want to climb back in the arena and do this with, you know, like I've done for 23 times before it. So I I thought that part of it was cool. Good point. Anything else from the masters, any other odds and ends that didn't make it into any of your great columns, writing (laughs) notes that you want to like goofy observations, things like that. Well, I think that, I think we need, you and I have both been watching the drive to survive, uh, the F1 thing. I think we need podiums in golf. I read about this a little uh-huh. bit. We, we need something uh, like Rory should get a, a podium for his, for what he did on Sunday. And I was talking about this with Dylan. We were texting last night. There should be, you know, how you get a fastest lap for the, for the yeah. F1 yeah. thing. Yeah. There should be a low, there should be a fastest lap. Whoever shot the lowest score of the week should get a, a little medallion or like, a button or something they might from augusta gives out you know crystal and things like that for you true they might there but yeah no i know what you're saying a podium we just sometimes i feel like we document these things and we there's 91 guys playing and the only thing we care about is who won and it's like well a lot of other stuff happened too we need to like i'd 
I feel like there's a better way to kind of contextualize what what the week meant. Sully, Sully said this last year. He's like, the Masters means something to every single person there. And it means That's something really different. But it is so meaningful. And we can't just say like, oh, well, this guy won. And to the other 90 people, it didn't. It was just meaningless. Because I think that's that's just a lousy way to kind of document history. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. The podiums would be a way. I mean, uh, be hard argument for some of these guys who are nut jobs about winning. But I think in golf, <laughs> right? In golf, that's the constant debate we have is like, what would you rather have? One win and MCs the whole year yeah. or like a bunch of podiums, I guess. You could... Did you ever... Th- truly think that Rory could win? Um, Probably allowed myself that, think that. <laughs> but the problem, and, and this has been expressed many times, the problem with that was you were then sort of put in the position of watching, wanting, not wanting, yeah. uh, uh, entertaining the possibility of a Scheffler total like meltdown. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't want that either. Like that's no. kind of what had to happen. And, and so like that's what you had to entertain in your head to entertain Rory win so i probably what did it get to three ten and seven was i think the closest it ever got i think yeah um yeah. I, I maybe allowed for it to, to think about it i mean the best part was he was in the clubhouse right he, he just like that's the way he's <laughs> getting a playoff you know like he couldn't he couldn't make any bogeys he couldn't airmail any more greens he chipped in and he could just walk off so i, I think I, I don't know the thing I talked myself into with with Rory was that I re- remember in 05 when Tiger makes the chip in on 16 and then he bogeys yeah. 17, 18. Sure. You're like, those are not difficult holes to bogey. And then obviously Scheffler doubled the last, but he had built up his lead so much that. Right. I don't know. I think my concern with the Rory thing, I wrote about this a little bit, is um, it, was this the bookend to 2011? Right, like, well, we look back and say, okay, 2011, the meltdown, 2022 was this awesome, like, I think you said this, like, just this joyful, cool moment for him. But yeah. was that kind of the end of like his? Uh, this sounds ridiculous. I realize in the moment because he's only 33 yeah. or yeah. whatever. But well, we look back on this as the bookend to 2011, and he didn't really he he put up some like T11s and T7s after that, but there wasn't like a there was never that you know win at any point that that because listen like he doesn't have that many real shots left right five six seven i guess i mean i don't know you could talk about phil and others but but they have more good feelings around the place for sure um you know competing there into their 50s but it does feel like yeah once you get to 40, and that's the other thing is like how many more younger talents are coming in the game that like make right. it harder for him. Like we just saw with Scheffler, who's now whatever, six years his junior or seven years his junior. So the, the celebration needs some work. We got to, we got to, <laughs> he didn't know what to not, do with his hands, jazz hands. It was, it was one good. of those, you know what it was? It was a piece of the same genre as when he levitated, like he wanted to put his hands <laughs> forward and that's his go-to, right? Only he was like in this bunker and like he wasn't on terra firma and like he just, so he just started throwing his hands forward because he couldn't do a lot with his lower body. I think it's the same genre. That's his go-to is like, like the, the two fists out, but like, I don't know. The excitement overwhelmed him. He looked like Duvall at the 99 Ryder cup. Do people know what you're referencing when they, when you say that he levitated? Well, he levitated at the, uh, what hole is that? Hazeltine where they both bombed it in eight. And like, there's this great photo of him, like where all his, he flexed all the muscles above his waist, basically. <laughs> and the photo catches his feet off the ground as he's like, every muscle's bulging out of his, uh, you know, upper body. And like, it looks like he kind of lifted himself up by flexing his upper body. I call it levitation. And that's kind of like, that's his move. He puts his two fists out. It's not the one up in the air. It's like yeah. the two forward is usually his thing. And I think he did that at Medina too. And there he was just like in the sand and didn't know what to do. So he's just throwing his hands forward a little, little more. I don't know. I, I do. You know, he talked early in the week about how you got to be conservative around Augusta National to stay in it. And I just I heard Andy talking about this and I, I don't I don't know where I land because I sort of understand where Rory's coming from. But at the same time, like he won his majors by shooting 66 in the first round. Yeah. Right. 67, 68, 65, whatever. Like that's, 
you're just you're almost putting yourself in a in a corner where you have to shoot 64 on Sunday to even have a shot. I'd love for him to come out and say like, I don't know, this is hard because then we'll criticize him if it goes badly and He's aggressive and it goes bad. Yeah, and he plays his way out of it. So he, it's just a it's a weird spot to be in. And I think that you know when I talked to him after the Ryder Cup last year, he he told me he was like. He's like, I used to wonder why Tiger was so conservative all the time. It's like, you're Tiger. You've won 10 of these. Like, why are you not just hitting driver everywhere? Yeah. And he was like, as I got older, I started to realize, like, you just, you have, like, the scars and you have stuff built up where you're like, oh, I, I, you're not as, you're not as, like, blindly innocent or naive, which I think can play to your advantage when you're 21, 22. I mean, what did he shoot when he, when he led here in 11? I think he shot 65 in the first round. That sounds right. And he, it was because he, like, doesn't even realize that it can go badly like he does now, you know? Yeah. And so I think he's just in a weird place in his career. It's the, I mean, we talk about this all the time. It's the Padre Carrington quote of innocence versus wisdom. And yeah. I don't, I just don't know if he's ever going to be able to kind of wriggle his way out of that at Augusta. Yeah. I mean, for me, look, he had a 5%. I think was uh, Garrett Morrison was quick to point this out. We're talking so much. He has 5% win probability. I think was the highest it ever got on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like, he is the most compelling story at the Masters, non-Tiger division for now yeah. in the next 10 years. That's just what it is. And if he gets this close, we're going to react to it. For me, like the most disappointing one will always be Reed, in my opinion, the 18, yeah. like just yeah. not coming to play. You know, there was the no mis- grand, like yeah. double or triple or quick unraveling. It was just not coming to play against The Reed. missed eagle on two that year just felt like, <clears throat> yeah, it felt yeah. like such a dagger. Yeah. Anyway, All we right. don't need to relitigate that. Uh, we're going to do a quick ad read for our friends at Elijah Craig. Discover the greatness within Elijah Craig's small batch bourbon. It's excep- exceptionally smooth and well-balanced. I drink it on the rocks. I had one Sunday night after recording. Last kind of cap off the week. It was late. It was like midnight. And there was like a little drop of this Elijah Craig, which I think he had toted from like <laughs> Illinois to family vacation in South Carolina up to Augusta. I was like, how is this not gone yet? Uh, and I was like, we're going to have this. I finished it off. I, I pour, put like two, three ice cubes in great cap to the week. Um, it won the double gold at San Francisco world spirits competition last year. And the tried and true in quotes, tried and true award from the ultimate spirits comp challenge in 2020. I don't like to understand what's involved in the ultimate spirits challenge. Like, is it, you know, different activities? Uh, that's an interesting competition. You can pick up a bottle today or go online to drizzly.com. So they got this promo code at drizzly.com. You save $5 on a bottle of Elijah Craig delivered right to your door with the code fried egg five. That's all caps fried egg five, no spaces. You get $5 off when you order from drizzly.com. That's a good deal. We have great uh, liquor prices here in Montgomery County, and I don't think I can get $5 off like that. Uh, so go to fried uh, drizzly.com and use the promo code fried egg five. All right. The Shotgun Start is brought to you by Elijah Craig, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, Bardstown, Kentucky, 47% alcohol by volume. Elijah Craig reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. All right, let's get on to the instant. Thank you for your master's insights. I think like you are one of the people I would talk to about just what it's like to be at the master's more than any other. Like, mm-hmm. And that's like a week later, two weeks later, two days <laughs> later. Like, I just, like, I've already heard all the podcasts or read all the articles. I, I'd still want to hear from you. So thank you for uh, talking to us about all the different storylines. Well, let's move on to the schedule for the week. On the PGA Tour, <clears throat> we bombed down to Harbortown at uh, Hilton Head. I'll be there. I'll be there Saturday, Sunday. I'm, I'm coming on a family vacation. I'm not going to, you know, write the game story for whatever happens. You know, Brian <laughs> Gay, Boo Weekly, Sadoshi Kadaira. I won't be there for that. Maybe I'll take the kids over, though I doubt my wife will will push for that. But we are. I'm going on tour for the second straight Sunday in a row. That's just by coincidence. Uh, this is a par 71, 7,100 yards course designed by Pete Dye. Many uh, consider it one of his best, or, or not the best, but among his very, very good courses. Purse, 8 million, 1.44 to the winner. Defending champ is the kitchen, as Tiger calls him. Stew sink, the kitchen sink. Notables, <clears throat> Berger, Cantley, Furick. Furick made notables. Interesting. Is he an RBC guy? This is the uh, way he, they do that. He used to be. I, I don't know if he's still. I think he got a. Sp- Sponsor invite? I thought I saw that. Okay. Okay. Hatton, Horschel, 
DJ, Morikawa, Spieth, and Justin Thomas. I mean, that's a it's really good, good field. field for the week yeah. after the Masters. I mean, really it, good field. It is. It's the ninth best field of the year so far, which is... Really? Yeah. That's pretty good. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's... It, I mean, it, grading on a the week after a major scale, I would, I would say it's a, it's an A or a plus. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I, I don't know how many of those, I don't know how many of those guys are RBC, but that I would, I presume that cause DJ didn't used to play this, but now DJ's, he does. Yeah. DJ is certainly a part of that. So, um, yeah. So the, like the RBC kind of, it's not, it's not an end around, but it's like the appearance fee without, you know, an appearance yeah. fee and name. I sponsor a player, also sponsor a tournament. They play my tournament. All right. TV schedule Thursday, three to six on golf channel. And then Saturday is a split with Golf Channel and CBS returning to the fold on the weekends now for PGA Tour Golf. So that's, you know, one to three on Golf Channel and three to six finish Sunday on CBS. I think the weather looks good as far as I can tell from my vacation on Saturday and Sunday. So uh, can you do a one and done pick for Andy? I'm going to go with Cam Smith. The uh, final group from Sunday seems seems to be having a good year. Seems like a course that might set up well to his strengths. I'm going to go with Cameron Smith at Harbor Town. Well, I want to pick. Uh, I want somebody pick, Brian Gay or something. Well, I was going to say James Piot, the amateur from oh, Michigan State. Uh, Davis Love the thirds in the field. Uh, let's go with uh, Luke Donald. He probably hasn't taken Luke Donald. Yet, oh no, he? he hasn't. But he'll be into okay. that fellow Northwestern Chicago and you know yeah, hometown Chicago favorite. He, he, he's. I think he's talked can, to Donald on the podcast before. Can you guess Luke Donald's world ranking? And he doesn't do think play a lot. Do you he think he's done above, a lot of starts? Do you think he's above or below Brian Gay? He's definitely below. Brian Gay won the Bermuda, the Butterfield, within the last two years. He's got to be below him. I'm going to say he's below Brian Gay, and he's like a 1,300. Okay, he is below Brian Gay, but barely. Brian Gay okay. is 493, and Luke Donald's 500. Okay, so I think 1,300 is a little bit of a stretch. Uh, five, all right, I guess he plays on tour and gets – points and makes cuts and things i think my big question about this tournament is are we going to get a second uh straight resurrection easter sunday from spieth <laughs> he won texas open on easter last year oh that was easter yeah what's and going on is... with him it's not it's not it's not good i was i saw he was playing practice rounds with ricky yesterday i was like ah, <laughs> i don't know if i'd be doing that <laughs> is Go ricky play with in the you. field yeah he is Yes, he, he got his Mercedes activation in this week. He couldn't do it last week, so they were talking. He was doing videos of you know getting his clubs out. Of the- I, I want Ricky to be good. I want him to play well. But what's going on with Speed? Uh, his number. He, he's. I can't figure him out. His numbers are weird. He's driving out great, and nothing else is good, which is the opposite of what he normally is. I mean, I can't, dude. I can't do. Uh, Patrick McDonald amateur status on twitter at amateur status he yeah. said that uh spieth's pre-shot routine looks like julio franco's batting stance oh yeah i was a big tribe fan growing up i wouldn't try to mimic that in little league because it was so distinct because <laughs> he played from cleveland i can't handle the, the pre-shot deal he just it lo- I, I i don't know he looks well andy lost. said he shouldn't have been allowed to play if like clifford roberts were allowed they would have told him he was disinvited if they were doing that <laughs> like he can't be doing that I keep I keep thinking he's gonna swing, and then when he does swing, I'm not expect. It's just, it's yeah. it's very strange. So um, he could win. He could win, right? I mean, if, uh, it wouldn't be surprising to see him win. But he's been pretty poor, really, since what? And like after St. George's, a couple pops here and there. Yeah, then. he he had a t- he had a runner up a podium at uh, Pebble. <laughs> That's right. That's right. In February, when he almost fell off the fell into Cliff. the Pacific. Yeah, Tom Hoagie put him in a box. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's disappointing because you you thought the you thought the upward tra- you thought the trajectory after last year was such that you're like, okay, Spieth is not going to be 2015 because that was atypical, but he's going to be yeah. a facsimile of that, and <laughs> he just hasn't been. And so I need like, him well, firing for the old course. I need it. Uh, yeah, I know. I think the question for me is like, is this what the rest of his career is going to be like? Like, he'll have a year where he's great, and then two years where he's not, and then a year when he's great. Because that's not, I mean, that's fun for content purposes, but that's not what I, Shane Ryan was talking about this during 
the masters like we want rory and spieth to be like not not even necessarily to win but to be in it it's just yeah. more fun you know right right absolutely adds to the experience for sure um <clears throat> continuing on with our schedule for the week with the latte lote championship this is a wednesday to saturday so you get some prime time wednesday night golf i would commend you to watch this this was the one that lydia co won last year right it was like a cool saturday yeah. night finish that you know it kind of sticks out on its own because it's in hawaii it's Ho- Hoakali in Hawaii, par 72, 6,300 yards, designed by Ernie Els. I'm sure it's a just a grand test. Andy's not here to defend Ernie Els' design, uh, <laughs> but that's hosting the LPGA this week. The purse is two point million, uh, two million. I'm sorry. Defending champ is Co. As I noted, notables: Hannah Green, Nasa Hadaoka, Brooke Henderson, Danielle Kane, Lydia Co., Cupcho, Yuka Sasso, and Ataya Titikul. Uh, again. This is Wednesday through Saturday, all four days, 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. So I think like you can carve out time for this. Cocktail golf, whatever you want to call it. Wind down golf. Uh, it's a good, it's not a major or anything, but it's a good way to stick out for the LPGA. Yeah. What's uh, what's Nelly's status, by the way? Did you see know. that? She had surgery? Yeah. yeah. Not good. I mean, you Seems hope bad. she's back for like the women's PGA, and US Open. None of those kind of things are coming quickly. But yeah, it's really bad for a girl, uh, you know, a player who found it right. Number one in the world and kind of really broken out. Yeah, for sure. Um, Also on the schedule for the week, the Western and collegiate, which depending on when you listen to this, we'll be wrapping Wednesday night. This is Pasa Tiempo. A defending champ is Joe Highsmith, the bucket bucket hat boy from Pepperdine. Uh, Also in this are San Jose State hosting Arizona, BYU, Cal, Irvine, Colorado State, Hawaii, Oregon, Pepperdine. Bunch of West Coast teams, Stanford, USC. Uh, the last, what's remaining as you listen to this is Wednesday, 4 to 7 p.m. at Paso Tiempo. Obviously a fantastic McKenzie course, uh, second week in a row, although some might argue the McKenzie remains, as you heard uh, Bob Crosby in the Fried Egg podcast yesterday, uh, are minimal left uh, at Augusta National. But uh, this is a McKenzie. I should note, we, we put a, something up in the Fried Egg Pro Shop cool poster like aerials of all 18 greens that uh cameron hurtis and andy shot recently out there it's a sweet poster for all you pasta tempo mackenzie devotees it's it's all 18 greens from above on one poster so the, i don't know uh, it's a good college golf watch yeah the the i watched it on monday night and it looks they're playing that par three i think it's the 18th right yeah in the I dark don't, don't ask me about the the pins impossible and guys are just like putting it it's coming back to their feet it looks just yeah some <laughs> interesting looks greens out there horrible have you heard the story about me and smartin and Pasatiempo? no he, have, have i told you this no this is after the 2019 we were all at the u.s open and he had texted <laughs> i shouldn't sell him out like this but do it he had, throw him he under the text, bus he had texted a friend that said uh hey can you get us on at pasa on monday and his friend was like, oh, yeah, sure, sure, no problem. And we were like, oh, wow, okay, that's that's great. I'd love to play Pasta Tiempo. So we show up on Monday, or maybe, yeah, Monday. And we we, we go into the, the pro shop. We're like, hey, we got – we were talking to uh, Joe. You know, he, he should have all of our reservations, whatever. And the people in there were like, uh, we don't – we don't have anybody here by that name and Uh we were like okay like so we kind of sat around for a while we actually ate breakfast there we're trying to figure it out so sean uh smartin calls his friend and he's like oh i thought you meant like there's another course that was in uh oh no (laughs) like in monterey called pasa robles or something 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 else and he had just asked him to get us on pasa but he hadn't said pasta (laughs) oh no I didn't have ever heard this story. I hadn't it heard was, this story. So every time Pasta Tiempo comes up, I'm like, man, it was so fun when we when we you know ate avocado toast there at that morning, but didn't you get did to play get out holes. right eventually? We or didn't play. Did. No, they oh, wouldn't let didn't. us play. Oh, shit. <laughs> was, I didn't hear that. I it you was. Played. We we had well, we ended up going over to a different course in San Francisco, so it worked out. Uh, okay. Um, Okay. But so it sounds we, sounds like a pretty good backup plan. They said yeah, not it, it, it. 
It all was right. a great, right. great backup plan, but we okay. did not get to play Pasta Tampa. Okay. All right. Um, other tours, KFT is at the Veritex, right in your hometown, Texas Rangers yeah. Golf Club. We need more. We need more uh, major sports league branded golf courses. Like the Veritex <laughs> Bank Chip is. Is Romo in this? Right, you shoot 88, 88. Do we know if Romo's in this field? Is uh, he getting another? Ex- I know he was in it last year. I don't. <clears> that's think in Arlington. Is. Streaming on GolfChannel.com. That's good. Noon to six, we get some actual streaming, so that's good. Veritex, and then the Asian tour is the Trust Golf Asian Mixed Stableford Challenge, and uh, <clears throat> oh, the PGA Pro is this week at Omni Barton in Austin. So a lot of golf happening. KFT will be streaming though. That's good. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a great like the postmasters rhythm. I, I like it with a major a month, and you got everything surrounding it. It's it's a good rhythm. Yep. News. Let's hit news real quick. The big thing coming out this Wednesday morning is that the shark has come to the surface of the water again. The <laughs> masters. He's the, been so benevolent. He let the masters happen before he started chumming around in the water. Uh, Report by James Corrigan in the Telegraph that he's got five players ready to announce. He's giving quotes on the record. This was, uh, we've respected the Masters and let it go off. But now our journey is finally coming to fruition. Like, this is some really purple stuff. Purple prose he's talking about. Her, you know, a business maneuver. Our journey is coming to fruition. For the players, not for me. Seems like you're talking about yourself and you pulled a quick turn there. Their rightful place to have what they want. That's why they are still very, very interested we have players signed, contrary to the white noise you're hearing out there. The interest level we've had, well, I had a player who's won a couple of major championships sitting in my office, sitting in my very office here 48 hours ago, just talking like a buffoon, uh, my very office. So the names that were released or noted in the Corrigan report were what? Poulter, Westy, Na, Kokrak, and I guess of some moderate surprise relative to the other four, Bubba Watson. That's who we've heard. We don't know when they're going to be announced. We don't know that they absolutely will be announced, but it sounds like that is the next domino to fall. Um, We have a schedule and we're going to get some semblance of players. Does that do anything for you? Well, first of all, it's uh, not the first time Greg Norman's let the masters pass without making a statement. (laughs) There you go. Uh, (laughs) That's pretty good. I like that. Burn. That is a good one. Needed to sneak that in there. I like it. Uh, <laughs> this is not going ball. away. I mean, like, good riddance. Like who, those guys. Who's, who's going to miss those five guys? Uh, I don't know. Bubba Golf, Ping, I don't know. He does antics. He's, he's yeah. like 40, 42. He's not. He's not. Yeah. I mean, is he competitive at, at when's the last time he contended anywhere? That's a good point. I thought he'd started to play well again in the first month or two this year, but I don't think, yeah, you may be right. He's not like great at major. It just, it, it feels like you are skimming off um, just stuff that it doesn't, it has like, it doesn't have like minimal effect on the PGA tour. It has no effect. Like there's right. no effect on the PGA tour. Now, if we're talking about Bubba in like 2015, after he went to second the Masters, biggest effect these five has like Ryder Cup captaincies, right? It like makes that puzzle a little more complicated with Poulter and Westy. But in terms yes. of the PGA Tour, it's like very minimal, de minimis. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It makes our lives more complicated because we got to cover some yeah. nonsense, you know, tour that's going on. But for the for the PGA tour, it just, or the, even the European tour or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, it does nothing. I don't think. Right. Right. Now, the one thing I had heard, and this is just a rumor, is that the, the first event is opposite the Canadian open. Okay. And I think Canada, they're trying to let these guys come without being unvaccinated, come and play. And it doesn't sound like that is, they're being very flexible on that. And so a lot of players might not, you know, use that as we'll use that as like, Hey, I can't start this week because I'm unvaccinated and I can't get across the border. Um, and uh, they'll use that to go play the live event. I don't know that that will happen. It's a rumor. It's what people are like discussing that you, that field might not be horrible if 
there are a, a bunch of unvaccinated superstars and B guys who want to play the week before the U S open and C are open to doing that. You know, can't get across the border and would play a live golf is, in is England. The, it's in England is, too. It's not. Close. Yeah. Is the live thing. One of those things where you have to like, is it all or nothing? Do you have to play the entire series or can you just play? Like, I don't think they're going for that. No, I think like you could apply for one of your waivers for that, like you would the Saudi International, and whether yeah. they grant those or not is a separate deal. But I did think like he makes the point that Andy's made. This is a shark at the end. He's like, quite honestly, it doesn't matter who plays. We're going yeah. to put the events on, you know. And this is sort of the effect of some of these guys seeing whoever <clears throat> Kevin Knopp make twenty million dollars and things like that, play for eight million dollars. And Shark says that a few of our events will go by and the top players will see someone winning six million, eight million and say enough is enough. I know I can beat these guys week in and week out with my hands tied my, behind my back. That is an element of it for sure. It's going to keep the pressure on the PGA Tour to to, I don't know, chip off their stars, keep chipping off more and more of their stars or find ways to do that. Um, but I, I don't know if that actually plays out that way, but it's 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 a pathway that's reasonable argument. Yeah, it is. And I think that's that's that is why like you don't have to have everybody at first, but and the no line up guys were talking about this like what if you're uh, Colin Morikawa or Victor Hovland and you're smart, which I think those guys are, you, you have to look at it and say okay that's that's true in 2022, but at what point does that business model like become unsustainable? And maybe it doesn't because it's the whole sports washing thing. They have an unlimited money. They have, they have an unlimited amount of money. And so they can just keep like funding it without caring about the business model. But I think if you're a player, you have to think like, okay, am I ruining the long term for this short term gain? And is that something that I am, am willing to do? I, I don't know. You, you know what I'm saying there? Like, yeah. In the case of Kokrak, though, it seems like. People like that, it's like I want to retire when I'm 40. I'm just going to take a lump sum payment here of whatever it is, $20 million, $30 million, and I'll have that. And I don't care if I can never play on the tour again. It does seem like that. You're going to have to find – now, that's a really unique needle to thread, right? I mean, it's going to be hard to find a lot of people like that, especially ones that are top 10 players in the world who want to think about their career longer than that. So, yeah. I think the other thing is – and this is going to sound – trite coming from me but like what are you gonna do with all that money if you're if you're if you're scotty shuffler and you made 20 million dollars like what wh how does your life change if you have 20 or 90 you know like yeah th there there's for sure a difference between having 20 million and having like a billion dollars like that like is generational wealth argument I suppose. that is way different but i i just uh, I don't know. This whole thing is it's exhausting. I'm yeah. so tired of It's not going away though. That's the problem. It doesn't it seems like you know, at Riviera it felt like all right, this we're disposing of this for at least a, a year or 6 months or something like that, right? While they figure it out. But it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. What is that. what's in it for Norman too? Like what does this do for his legacy? Like why does he so I mean, like, what is adamant? his legacy? Right? I mean, he, that's the thing. They found all these like you know, hucksters, right? It's like the worst kind of people coming together. Like these, it's not like the ser most serious people and business people that have, have pulled together for this thing. And Norman, I mean, Norman might, uh, might need a cash himself. Mm, maybe okay. a little okay. bit. I don't know. Uh, and, and this is an opportunity to just be out there publicly and, you know, play antagonist to the tour. And obviously he's making good money from the Saudis. I, I the other thing that. is, and I've been, I've tweeted about this a lot, but it's, there's a real like fire fest or fire festival fe uh, feel to this. Totally. Where it's like, totally. yo, give me like one name that signed the paper. They still haven't. It's still right. just, it's still just, uh, rumors that are, you know, like there's, there's no, there's no, no, not a single player is committed to this yet. Right. And I'm sure that will happen. But even at the Masters, I heard, hey, so-and-so is announcing on Monday. Well, Monday passed. Nobody announced. And it's just it, the, the – what was the guy's name? Billy – the fire Festival guy? 
Oh yeah, I forget. I, I actually never watched that. I'm familiar with the, all the memes and stories around it. But Billy ja Rule and Billy, yeah. whatever yeah. his name is, that's what this feels like. And until somebody, yeah. I will keep beating that drum until somebody actually uh, signs up to and then says, "Hey, I'm playing in the in Greg Norman's Live Golf League." Um, I mean, the events could be just absurd, you know, really like just a mess, like Firefest, and then yeah. and not shown on TV or stream. I don't know. It, it could be interesting. What's going to happen? Wait, again, that goes back to the business model of like, and you and I were just there, to, and obviously Augusta does this better than anybody, but like the infrastructure and the amount of people and everything it takes to put on something like that is far greater than people realize. I think it's yeah. it's completely insane. Yeah. And then you look at, it's like, well, we're trying to throw this golf league together for the summer and we might have a couple guys. We don't really know who's playing. We don't know who's broadcasting. It's a circus. It's a complete circus. And I think if you're, again, a young player who's ranked uh, in the top 25, you have to look at it and say, that's unsustainable. But the flip side of that, and this is a great point by Norman and by Andy, if you're a young player who's ranked 400 and you can go make 10 mil while you're grinding for... 40 grand on the latino america tour right i you could figure out a way to justify where that money's coming from right right yep yep all right i think we're gonna i think we're going to get an actual release with names it seems like that's going you know now that five are actually in the newspaper like i know those have been rumored and there's logos on gear and things but it it does seem like we're trending towards actual names it's annoying as someone who's got a try to manage all the moving parts but or, or pay attention to moving parts but we're headed that way kyle yeah thank you for joining us on this wednesday episode in a pinch emergency fill-in really appreciate it you're, you're far too lofty status the to, to be an emergency villain. uh you can follow him <laughs> at kyle porter cbs on twitter normal sport you could buy that if you want to read about 2021 right is that oh, still we around a- yeah, we got a uh, we got a great normal sport to kick off the RBC Heritage. Did you see this? The <laughs> guys in kilts and cannons and things like that. And yes, the kitchen. Preposterous. The kitchen firing one uh, in a in a plaid sports coat uh, as a cannon tartan. goes off next to him. Yeah, tartan. tartan. Just yeah, sorry. some guy. This unit is like six 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 seven, <laughs> lighting this cannon off. It's just normal things happening down at yeah. the RBC Heritage. So follow him. Read his work at CBS Sports. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. Kyle, thank you so much for taking the time with us. Thanks, Brennan.